Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. This week is, uh, everything was in the book of Job for us this week, and so that's where we are today. Now, Job is one of those books, you love it, you hate it, or you just try to ignore it. Um, and that sort of summed up what we talked about Wednesday night on the book of Job. It's a hard book, but it's a good book. And why do we love it? I think we love it because we see someone who understands our troubles and our pains. We see Job, he understands what it's like for bad things to happen to good people. And that resonates with us. Why do we hate the book of Job? Because it confirms that bad things happen to good people. And we don't like that message a lot of times. Why do we um, try to ignore the book of Job? Because Job never truly gets a definitive answer to his why questions. Why did all of this happen to me? Now, Job, in a, in a nutshell, for those of you, if you've never read through it or you've just sort of glanced at it, the key thing you have to maintain when you read the book of Job is from chapter 1, verse 1. And it said, he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. You have to hold that verse as you read through the book of Job. Because otherwise, you kind of hit a point that you'll forget that. You'll forget that in chapter 1, God said Job was blameless. That he was a good man. Now, there was this conversation when you read the the opening of Job. You see this conversation between the Lord and, and Satan. And, and so basically, um, this conversation happens and, and Satan tells God, well, of course Job is a good man. You've always protected him. His life is blessed. Of course he loves you. He said, but I guarantee you this. You take all that away and he'll turn on you in a heartbeat. And so in verse 11 of chapter 1, it says you can reach out, you can take everything he has... Right? And he'll, he'll curse you. That's what Satan told God. He'll curse you when that happens. And God has such faith in Job. He says, go ahead, test him. You can do whatever you want. Just don't harm him physically. Now, that's a hard conversation for us to think about, right? It, it really is a hard thing for us to think. God really would sit and have this conversation about somebody that he's claiming to love. And Job loses everything. He loses his kids. He loses all of his wealth. He loses his uh, friends and, and his health eventually. And these so-called friends... You don't need enemies when you got friends like Job. (laughs) In fact, I even said Wednesday night, I said, you know, Job thinks he had this really great life. And I said, but I'm, I'm starting to doubt his thoughts on that great life. When he has friends like this that turn on him so quickly, his own wife turns on him and says, just curse God and die, would you? Just get it over with. And I'm like, bud, maybe you didn't have the perfect life you thought you did if that's the circle you were surrounded with. 
But these friends, when you, when you read, it kind of gets old and repetitive as you're reading through Job. Because these friends are just constantly saying, this is all your fault. You sin somewhere and you just need to repent. That's why all of this has happened to you. And that's why I tell you, when you read the book of Job, hold on to that verse 1. And remind yourself over and over. Because sometimes those friends, they got some really convincing arguments. That will start to make you think, oh, well, maybe Job did do something, right? And you need to go back to that verse one. He's blameless. He had integrity. He stayed away from evil. And you have to anchor on that. Now, again, one reason, though, that we do connect with Job is because of that shared pain. It's easy for us to read the book of Job and go, oh, I connect with that. I understand that because I've had something happen that I just don't understand why God would let that happen. And so that, that pain doesn't always make sense. So we connect to Job of like, yes, I've, I've asked those questions. How many of you can honestly say I've sounded like Job before of why God, why this? And you have to remember in that day, in that time with their culture, they had that belief That if you did good, God would give you good. If you did evil, then he's going to take that away and curse you. They believe that wholeheartedly. That's why these friends are coming at him left and right. And here's the problem. That sounds like a, a karma theology to me. Right? How many of you have ever said that, oh, karma's going to get you? That's the theology they had. If you do good, good's going to come to you. If you do evil, then evil will come to you. Christians, can we get rid of the sayings about karma? Because none of us in this room have gotten what we deserve. If karma was a real thing, I don't think you'd be sitting here and neither would I. Because at some point we deserve death. And we don't get that because of God's grace and his mercy Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. So you don't get the karma. You don't get what should have been your punishment. And grace is when we get things so abundantly above what we deserve. That's God's love and grace on us. So as Christians, karma is not a thing. Karma is not a thing. But that's what we see. That is the theology that is happening amongst all these friends. Now, I found myself, though, the chapter that I truly just sat in this week, and I, 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 I just read it over and over, was chapter 29. So these friends, they've been hounding him. They've given their speeches. They've tried to tell him how to straighten up, and if you'll repent, and you'll, you'll do this, you'll do that, like, then God will come back, and he'll bless you. But in chapter 29... Job begins to remember his former blessings. So in other words, the life he was living before all chaos broke out. Verse 1, Job continued speaking, I long for the years gone by when God took care of me, when he lit up the way before me and I walked safely through the darkness. When I was in my prime, when God's friendship was felt in my home, 
The Almighty was still with me and my children were around me. My steps were washed in cream and the, the rocks gushed on. He goes on and on in this chapter and he talks about when I had all of these friends, when people would listen to me and they respected what I said. You see, he was a, a respected man of his community. When people had problems, they went to Job. They went to him and said, hey, Job, what do we do about our cattle, man? Something's up over here and they're sick. And, and what do we do? And he would give them some advice. Thanks, Job. They'd go home and they'd do it. Hey, Job, I'm having problems financially. What do I do about this? He'd give them a, another thought. and They'd go home. They'd do it. He was respected. And he says, I miss that. I miss when people respect it because at a drop of a hat, he lost all of that. He lost his children. His wife, as I said earlier, she's turned into a nag and just says, would you curse God? Get it over with so he'll strike you down dead. Just get this over. I'm tired of this misery. I don't want to live with you anymore. He lost his position in society of being known, of being listened to and being respected. He lost all of his wealth, which by the way, he was a very generous guy. He, he says in chapter 29 that he misses that wealth because he misses blessing other people. I resonate with that. You know, when, when Thomas was working for Tyson, we got blessed and, and it was so beautiful to finally be on the other side of that coin where I got to bless other people. I get that. And Job says, I miss that life when God seemed to be my friend. <laughs> but his world gets flipped upside down because just days before, just days before, that was his life. And now you have to cling to that chapter 1, verse 1. And remember, he was blameless. He was a man of integrity. And God said he stayed away from evil. And that's the hard part of Job. When we know, see, we get this outside drone looking down inside look at Job's life. To, to know that conversation that happened, right? Job's friends, they were wrong in their assessment of him. And like I said, they make some pretty good convincing arguments. There's a lot of things they said in there that is very true of who God is. But the problem was they were assessing him as if he caused all of this. And we've been there, friends. When bad happens in life, we think, why, God? Why does a tornado come through and just hit us randomly, Lord? It skipped all them other places. Why me? It feels like a personal attack, right? But Job didn't do anything. And so this is a reminder to you and me, be cautious in how we condemn others. We are so quick sometimes. A hurricane comes through, wipes out a city. Well, yeah, because you know New Orleans, that's a lot of evil. Down. It's just a hurricane. <laughs> it, it's just a hurricane. So we have to be careful how we judge others and the events that are happening. Because these friends, man, they were convincing. There's times as I was reading through that this week, I would start to lean over and go, well, what if he did do that? What, what, I don't know. Maybe if he did, right? 
But then I would go back to that verse 1. No, he was blameless. And God loved him. God was so proud of him. God believed in him and said, it doesn't matter what you do, Satan. He's not going to turn on me. What if that's the conversation God has about you, church family? Does that, does that change that energy level you have of, I can make it through what I'm having to deal with? Because God believes in me. God trusts me. You see, those friends, they wasn't privy to this conversation where God spoke about all this, so they used their logic. The thing is, I read through Job this week, though. Did, did you ever see Jesus in there? You know, I, I've said this before as we're reading through the Bible. You have to ask, what does it tell me about God, and where do I see Jesus? And in, in chapter 19, there's actually a verse, but as for me... This is Job talking. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he will stand upon the earth at last. You see, this is a, a prophetic saying of not just the Messiah coming, but even of his second coming. He will come again and stand on this earth. My Redeemer lives. In chapter 26, he, he makes this uh, other statement where he says, By his power, the sea grew calm. He talks about the raging seas, but he says, By his power, the sea grew calm. Do you all ever remember this uh, moment where Jesus is on a boat and he tells the sea to calm and everything stops? Jesus was in this. Jesus was in the book of Job. And while Job, you know, while he was having this blessed life and he, he was uh, helping other people, he used his wealth in good ways to bless others, people thought pretty highly of him. But within one day's time, everything was lost and everyone turned their back on Job. Just in a single day. Church, think about Jesus for a moment. When he was walking through towns and he was healing and he was doing these miraculous things, people loved him. People were all about him. When he came into Jerusalem, they were screaming, Hosanna! Because they thought their Redeemer had come. And then in just a matter of days, everything was stripped from him. And he hung on that cross. Where was everybody? Because that same crowd that just days before was screaming Hosanna was now screaming crucify. Kill him. His own friends out hiding, done turned their back. Remember Peter? I don't know the man. I don't know him. He was killed like a criminal and yet he was blameless. Do you see Jesus in the book of Job? It really is a great foreshadowing. And I couldn't help but wonder to myself because Jesus would have read the book of Job as he was studying. And Jesus would have known the path he was meant to walk. Do you think he saw himself in any of this? Do you think as, as he was walking that path and watching how people just loved him when he would heal somebody and he was thinking, but there's going to be a day that you're going to turn from me. There's going to be a day 
that I'm not good enough anymore. You're not going to listen to me. Do you think he saw himself in the story of Job? Now, Job maintains his innocence throughout the book as you're reading through. Every time a friend comes against him, he maintains, I didn't do anything. I'm, I, I know what you probably are thinking. There's speeches where he says, I, I get it. You, you, you probably think I, I looked at another woman. No, I've been faithful to my wife the whole time. You, you probably think with all that wealth, surely you cheated somebody, but I didn't. He says, I'm so careful that it, he tells us in, in chapter one that even when his kids throw a big party, he makes them go through all the cleansing because I'm sure my kids sin somewhere, so I'm going to make sure they're good. He held to the law. He held to what he was supposed to do to stay right before God. So it's not that he was perfect, but he lived the way God intended him to live. So he maintained his innocence. And, and Job, he, he even, we talked Wednesday night and, and Leon and I was talking about how he expressed his anger to God. Like the whole time that he really isn't worried about what his friends think. But he's like, God, I really would love a face-to-face with you because I really want to tell you what I think about what's happened. Anybody ever ask for a face-to-face with God? Yeah. God, I really want to know what your thoughts on how this happened. And that's what he's more uh, worried about throughout the book. He expresses his hurt. He expresses his anger. But he never gives up on God. He never stops believing that God is a good God. He just doesn't understand the choices. And then when God finally does speak to him, I love that it's all about reminding Job, little man, you can't even begin to fathom my thoughts on things. He begins to ask his own questions. Hey, Job, where was you when the world was formed? Where was you when all the creatures were formed? Where was you when, when the stars were put in the sky? Where were you? He begins to remind him of who he is as God the Father, the creator. He says, you can't even begin to fathom what I know. But the thing that God doesn't answer was the why. That's what's hard for us in the book of Job. He reminds Job who he is, but he doesn't answer that why. But I want you to listen. After God does his big speech to him, I want you to listen to what Job's final words to God was. Chapter 42, verse 2. Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything. And no one can stop you. You ask, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It's I. (laughs) And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. And I take back everything I said. I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. 
Isn't it fun that the whole time in the book of Job, these so-called friends was what? Tell him, you need to repent. I didn't do anything wrong, he said. And now we finally see he repents. But it's not because of what his friends were accusing him of. He was repenting because he forgot who God was. Even though he loved the Lord, never turned his back on God, he still forgot the overwhelming greatness of who God was. How do we sum up Job? Over and over it kept coming to my mind as I read through Job, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. Job grasped a hold to that. He remembered who God was. And he remembered, man, there's so much I don't know. And I'm sorry, God, that for a moment, I thought I was somehow equal to you or greater than you. That I would know more than you. Right? Church, my faith may to some people feel incomplete. People that don't trust Christ like we do. They don't understand how can you trust this God that you can't even fully explain to me. You can't answer all my whys. But let me tell you what my faith does tell me. My faith tells me my Redeemer lives and he will walk on this earth again. My faith tells me that this world, this body, it's broken. But God is making all things new. My faith tells me that my, my old self is dead. And God has created something new in me. My, my faith tells me that bad things happen to good people. But my Savior will walk through it with me through the valley of the shadow of death. And he promised to never leave me or forsake me. My faith tells me that the same mercy and grace that God has given me, he will give to you. That's what my faith tells me. That's the faith I believe that Job ended up with. Where he still knew, God, I didn't do anything. And he still had questions of, God, I don't understand why this happened, but I trust you. I know you love me. I know you want good for me. And I trust you. Church, where is your faith this morning? We can be angry, we can be hurt, but we can also still trust. We can still trust that God still has everything in control. <laughs> that even when the diagnosis is not what we want, even when the healing hasn't come like we keep praying for, even when things look so uncertain in tomorrow, God is still holding us together. And the same Jesus that walked on earth and said, I'll be back. He really is coming back. And when he told his disciples, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that's a promise for you and I as well. 
the Holy Spirit. And I love because Jesus said, but I'm going to send you something even better than me. He said, I'm going to send the Spirit. And you and I have the Holy Spirit in us. That's how I can so confidently say he is with you right in the mess and the chaos today. He is with you. Stand with me this morning. Guys, y'all can play whatever as we pray. Maybe like Job, you came in with a lot of whys. Maybe it's been a hard week. Maybe it's, it's already two weeks in and it's been a hard year. Because a lot of 23 just rolls over, doesn't it? I love, I love the new year, but the, the honesty is, we don't always get that clean slate, do we? It all rolls over. The things that were stressing us on December 31st are still here on January 14th. But maybe like Job, you heard this morning, God's a big God. He still understands. He knows right where you are this morning. And he says, I want to walk with you, child. And maybe like Job, maybe we do need to repent. Not because of asking the wise, but because we forgot for a moment. God, you're still God. And I can't even fathom what you know and you understand. Maybe, maybe like Job, there's been a lot of things and you've been asking, what did I do, God? Nothing. Child, you're blameless. You're full of integrity. And I know you've tried to live right, but life is broken. It broke the moment Adam and Eve sinned against God. And we all got that tendency. And the world broke. It's not perfect. The, the world is decaying around us. God is making all things new. And sometimes we have to bend that knee and we have to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I forgot who you were. Lord, we come this morning on a very cold day. God, uh, the, whoever's listening at home, whoever is here with us, I think somebody needed this reminder today that whatever they're struggling with, they may be blameless. There may be no actual logical reason other than a broken world. But I'm here to encourage God. I need somebody to hear that you believe in them. That you believe that they can stand strong in your presence and let you fight the fight. That God, they can, they can believe that you still want good for their life. God, I, somebody here or online, I'm, I just feel the urge to pray that we bind the things of the accuser and the enemy right now. We bind those voices that tell them they're not enough. There's no way God could love you because he knows exactly what you've done. That's where grace and mercy comes in. The blood of Jesus Christ covers every sin. And when we repent of those sins... We find new life. It doesn't always stop the chaos around us, but it can stop the chaos in your heart this morning. God loves you. He has redeemed you. And he has a future for you. Hold on. Hold on. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. 
who knew exactly what his path would look like. He knew the suffering. He knew the agony. But he loved you so much. He was obedient to the cross. And Father, you love us so much that you raised him to life to conquer the grave, that we can have that same hope today in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for this congregation now as we leave this place. Would you go with us and travel with us and keep us uh, safe in your arms? But God, more than anything, keep our hearts safe in your hand. And God, may we be a blessing because we've been blessed. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.